Hello? Hey, Katiekins. It's Rosalie. Want to have a slumber party? So Jerry is our new neighbor. Hey. Hey. Now listen to me. We dropped up all the disappearances. That's you right there in the center next to his house. I really hate to be the one to tell you this, but that guy, your neighbor? Jerry. Yeah, he's a vampire. <laughs> that is a terrible vampire name. Jerry? Hello, Slumberkins. I'm Rosalie Kicks. And I'm Katie McBrown. And we are best friends forever. Each episode, we roll out our sleeping bags, pick out a flick featuring one of our favorite heartthrobs, and we gab about it. We hope you brought your snacks. And if this is your first time at the slumber party, I'll tell you how the show works. Katie and I visit an imaginary video store. We select a movie that features the heartthrob of the month. And then we roll out our sleeping bag and chat about the flick to determine whether the movie is worthy enough to be placed on our coveted slumber party watch shelf. I'm really excited about the slumber party today because Katie and I are kicking off our hunky horror celebration. Yes, and we have so many slashers in store for you slumberkins, and we may even revisit some previous heartthrobs, and I'm already getting a little heart emoji eyes because I know of one that I'm very excited about. Yes, I am too, and so you'll have to keep listening to find out who will be part of our spooktacular slumber party. Before we start getting spooky, I thought it would be fun to share what our favorite Halloween candy is, because you may be my best friend, but I have no idea what your favorite type of candy is. All right, so that's tough, because I feel like I like a few, but I think if it was my favorite favorite, it would probably be Reese's Cups. What about you? Well, I guess I shouldn't be too surprised, but that is also my favorite as well. There, honestly, I feel is nothing better than chocolate and peanut butter combo. Like, it's just perfect. I agree. But I also love at Halloween, especially because they're more, I feel fresh, because they make like the pumpkin shaped ones and they're Mm -hmm. only out in like September and October. So I think they always taste better. I agree. Because I, when you were saying that, I was thinking about like the Easter Reese's and how I really like that egg shape. But now that I think about it, I feel like the pumpkin shape is very great as well. I too like the Easter ones. And how about when you did go trick-or-treating, was there ever a candy that you just really hated if someone was handing it out? I'm going to go with Raisinets because I hate raisins and chocolate together like I think they are so so gross oh I love raisinets but I only really like them when I'm at the movies and I like getting them with popcorn now do you also hate yogurt raisins ew yes (laughs) I also just the idea of like hardened yogurt kind of makes my like stomach flip around I don't know (laughs) why, but it's, ew. I like Raisinets quite a bit. I do not like mounds, though. And when I was a kid, I used to really hate if somebody was handing out mounds or Almond Joy. Because I just think the coconut does not taste good. Yeah, it's so synthetic. I don't like coconut candy. Mounds and Almond Joy, in my opinion, should definitely be, like, outlawed. (laughs) 
Yeah, it's funny because I like coconut quite a bit, but definitely not candies because I think it is just like it's so artificial. Mm -hmm. When Ben and I try to pass out candy at trick or treat time, we actually try to get like the best of the best uh, stuff because when I was a kid, I used to hate if like someone gave you an apple or like a toothbrush. (laughs) It's like, come on. Sometimes we've given out like full size candy bars. Ooh. Yeah. You guys are like the elite house. That means that you probably get like a lot of kids, like a lot of heavy traffic. It's kind of crazy in our neighborhood. We live in South Philly, so houses are really close together. And the first year that we lived here, I was so unprepared. I think we had like enough candy for like maybe 40 kids or so. It was gone in like 15 minutes. Oh my goodness. We get so many kids. It always ends up being a lot of fun because I love seeing everyone's costumes. There's always a little Michael Myers or a Chucky (laughs) and it's just really fun. One of my favorite outfits was this one year, a little girl was dressed up as an old lady and she she had the walker and everything. (laughs) And I... I kind of remember, I think she said she borrowed the walker from her grandma. Oh my gosh. That's like commitment to like walk around with that walker. Yeah, it was really great. Uh, So some of the kids get really into it in our neighborhood. I mean, it wasn't like this last year because of COVID, Mm -hmm. but sometimes the block, it'll kind of get like a block party. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, it's fun. But yeah, we do get a lot of traffic. I I don't know. Do you get any trick-or-treaters at all? Because you're like in an apartment building. So we don't. And typically, I'm never home on Halloween because I'm either at work or last year or not last year, the year before we went to our friend's house in Glenside and they live in a neighborhood that has a ton of a lot of like a lot of little kids. And I remember there being like a lot of inflatable dinosaurs that year. And that was a lot of fun for me because I love inflatable dinos i've been telling you i've been going out looking for like spooky items Mm -hmm. and i was really sad because i went home depot like specifically to look at the 12 foot skeleton (gasps) yes but it wasn't set up oh my gosh it's september i know i'm gonna have to check back i just want to see like i know it's 12 foot but i like want to actually see it like stand below it and stare Yes, (laughs) I agree. I feel like that would be a lot of fun. I did see today a giant Grim Reaper like covering a house. So I wonder if that's like a new, the new 12 foot skeleton. I don't know, but I would love the skeleton from my front yard. Yes. Ben would probably murder me. I mean, I think it's worth it. (laughs) I would keep it For you to get murdered. (laughs) I would keep it up all year. And yeah. like dress it. Oh my gosh. Like in the summer, he would have like a Hawaiian shirt on with a ukulele. Yes. Hawaiian fiesta or yes. Hawaiian luau. I'm into it. Yeah. I think so you should get it. I'll report back if I, you know, find one yes. and purchase it. It's exciting. In the laboratory of Dr. Frankenstein, something incredible was created. <laughs> The great taste of pure milk chocolate and delicious peanut butter. Unfortunately, no one would listen. 
And so the world would have to wait for the two great tastes that taste great together in Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Okay, I think now it's time for Girl Talk. And this is the segment of the show when we talk about the movie featuring our chosen heartthrob. Talk, talk, talk. Girl Talk, talking back. Girl Talk Dateline, the game about the two things girls like best, talking on the phone and... I'd love to go. Boys! And in honor of spooky season, we are now deeming it Hunky Horror Heartthrobs, which I have to say, Katie, is a triple H. <laughs> I love that this is the second time in only nine little episodes that we have recorded where you've mentioned Triple H for another time. It's Hunter again, giving you another message. I'm at this building, this office building you said to meet you at. I don't see your name in a directory anywhere. I'm in the cafeteria. I don't see you anywhere. I, I mean, are you ribbing me here or what? I don't remember the why I said it before. Oh, I do. I forget which movie we watched, but you were reading reviews about it because it wasn't good. And somebody named Triple J oh, right. wrote the review. Yes, it was for the Heath Ledger film, Two Hands. Oh, that movie. <laughs> that was bad. That was that goes under the under the, the shelf to hold up the creakiness of it. Yeah, that was not a good one. But yeah, I do kind of feel bad for Triple H. Maybe that's why I keep bringing him up. Yeah, he got some rough news. Yeah. I feel, though, we are kicking off this celebration of horror with a fantastic flick, the 2011 Fright Night. And remember, Slumberkins, for the film to end up on the Slumber Party watch shelf, it needs to earn at least five gold stars. So as we're chatting, if you hear a twinkle sound, it signifies that it earned a star. And Katie, will you share the criteria for earning a star? Along with some of the fantastic additions for spooky season. Yes. I'm very excited to unveil the new criteria just for hunky horror. A movie can earn a star if it features such things as a mall. I wrote in here, I changed Babe Alert to bonus Babe Alert because you already kind of have a babe. But I like BB. <laughs> Radical Fashions, Bodacious Soundtrack, A Bad Boy, Nudies, A Rebel Girl, Pizza Delivery, First Kiss, Wild Hair, Crazy Cuisines, and Dream Digs. Those are our standards. And then I'm gonna show I'm gonna share with you now the spooky editions. So we have a dream boat, which we'll tell you more about next week. Sexy slasher, wacky weaponry, a foodie fatality, gratuitous gore. And a killer knockout, meaning babes that get slayed. So we're always adding to this list, of course. And if you have any horrific criteria to send to us, shoot us a note on Twitter at DearBFFPod and we'll add it to the list. Yes, because I just, when you were reading the list, I realized we probably need something there for like tunes. Because I feel in horror movies, there's some really great scores, Mm. you know? Yeah, like not just like Bodacious soundtrack where there's good jams. Like this one's like more just kind of creepy. Yeah, so maybe somebody will think of something until the next show. Yes. But I was really happy Fright Night won the Colin Watch poll because I had been meaning to revisit this film for a while. And I, again, think it's a perfect way to kick off the hunky horror season. And I was also glad not to watch Dumbo. Uh, <laughs> There was that. I actually hope I never have to watch Dumbo. 
I've never seen the Colin Farrell Dumbo and I don't really have plans to because now I have like 12 Hellraisers to get through anyway, so I'll be busy. Yeah. There's D. It's Frank. It's Uncle Frank. No. You remember. No. Come to Daddy. Get the fuck off of me. Uh... Today, Katie and I just realized there's like 12 Hellraisers. <laughs> there might even be more. <laughs> we both thought there was three. And we were like, we're going to watch them all. <laughs> we are going to watch them all. Brother Frank had me hooked from the start. Yeah. I had seen the first one, but I don't know. 12 of these is, wow. It's a commitment. We'll do it. We can do it. So, Fright Night, I know you had not seen this movie before. Did you look at the cover? What did you think of it? So I loved the cover. I loved that you get this smoldering stare from Colin. And you're just like, okay, I think he's definitely going to be a heartthrob in this. And uh, Anton's holding an axe. It's just all, it all made me say, yep, I'm bringing this to watch with my friends at the slumber party. And Colin also has, like, a trickle of blood coming down from his mouth, which is, whoa. <laughs> and until I saw this cover, because, again, I, I only watched this movie one time prior to this, I completely forgot David Tennant was in this movie. We'll get to him later. And for those that have not seen the film, here's the back of the box summary. You can't run from evil when it lives next door. Charlie Brewster, Anton Yelchin, finally has it all. He's running with the popular crowd and dating the hottest girl in high school. In fact, he's so cool, he's even dissing his best friend, Ed. But trouble arrives when an intriguing stranger, Jerry, played by Colin Farrell, moves in next door. He seems like a great guy at first. But there's something not quite right, and everyone, including Charlie's mom, played by Tony Collette, doesn't notice. After witnessing some very unusual activity, Charlie comes to an unmistakable conclusion. Jerry is a vampire preying on his neighborhood. Unable to convince anyone that he's telling the truth, Charlie has to find a way to get rid of the monster himself in this revamp of a classic. As the description says, this actually is a remake or a revamp of a 1985 movie under the same name. And Katie, have you seen that one? I sadly haven't seen the original, but I definitely want to. Yeah, I, I believe I saw it last year. Actually, before we started recording today, I was mentioning last year with the pandemic I watched a lot of horror films between like September and October because there was nothing else to really do. Mm -hmm. And I know that this one had been on my list for a while and I did watch the original and it's really fun. I didn't realize, I guess there's a Fright Night 2. I didn't know that when I was looking up stuff for today's show, I came across that. So I do have to watch that. The first one's really fun and you'd probably like it. There's actually a really rad theme song in it Ooh. Uh,
I, I kind of wish that the Colin Farrell version had its own theme song because then Colin would have had to be in a music video. Oh my gosh. I wonder if Colin's ever been in a music video. I like, I feel like in the Fright Night, obviously the 2011 version, we, they didn't have great tunes. Like, I feel like there was a couple of, I want to say like Foster the People and then like Kid Cudi and like some other, I don't even know. But it was just was kind of like it just needed a better score, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. Like, I really loved, you know, the concept of the film, but I think the music would have added more to it. I loved Colin as a vampire. And I also like that his name is Jerry, which is what it was in the original film. But it's just such an ordinary name. I liken it to like when people name their dogs like Steve or George. I love an ordinary name for a dog. Like I, <laughs> I just love when people are like, come here, George. For some reason, it really tickles me. But I really also enjoyed Jerry. Like just, hey, Jerry, the next door neighbor who has like a crypt, you know, nothing to see here. Yeah. It was just fun. Obviously, well, compared to when we saw Colin in phone booth. In this film, he is quite the looker as Jerry. And when he moves into the neighborhood, Charlie's mom, Mrs. Brewster, played by Tony Collette, is the first to notice notice him because they share a property line. And she's basically immediately smitten with Jerry. Well, I mean, who can blame her? Because Jerry is a babe. But I love how, like, flirty she is with him. Like, she lays it on hard. But who could blame her? I mean, he is swoon-worthy. And he had a major glow-up from Phone Booth to Fright Night. Oh, definitely. I mean, Phone Booth, we both... I don't even think we gave him a star. Mm-mm, he didn't get one because he was a sleaze and he also was a grease. Yeah, his hair was very <laughs> bad. But in this film, he looks great. And mm-hmm. all the ladies are into Jerry. And even Charlie's girlfriend, Amy, who's played by, I believe you say her name, Amugan? No. <laughs> How do you say it? I'm pretty sure it's Imogen. Imogen? Yeah. Okay. I, I like Amugan, though. I don't know. I mispronounce people's names all it's the fine. time. But we'll just call her Poots. Poots. Because that's her last name. She was also very into Jerry and Charlie, who's played by the late Anton Yelchin, who I sorely miss. Uh, he, I mean, he wasn't really into Jerry, but he, I think, was concerned by how many people were. Yeah, I think he could kind of sense that like his mom was flirting hard and then Amy was just kind of gawking at him. And he, he was, his arms were out. He was like getting his hands dirty so, like, I do feel they were just, oh, look at this. This is, like, a man. But I have to say, I miss Anton as well. Like, imagine, like, all the performances we missed out on because he was just an incredible actor. Uh, yeah, I totally agree. I know if and when they make another Star Trek film, I'm going to be so sad because I loved him as Chekhov. Also, Anton and Poots, they actually... We're in a film together, too. Did you see Green Room? Yes. I forgot she was the girl in that, but I loved that movie. Yeah, me too. He was just so great, and he could do all types of different movies. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, I agree. I feel we've missed out on so many performances that he would have done. It's really sad. I'm going to go ahead and give them each a star here for, I guess, your new added category, because... 
Anton and Poots are both babes. Yeah, we're lucky we got bonus babes. Two bonus babes in this. Yeah. You know, basically, Charlie's friend Ed, to keep going with the story here, they apparently used to be besties. And so when Jerry moves into town, Ed is very suspicious of Jerry. And he tries to talk to Charlie about it. Essentially, Charlie doesn't want to have anything to do with Ed anymore. They used to like do cosplaying together and make little movies, but Charlie's all cool now. He basically is just, you know, stuff your lunch, Ed. Word. You don't tell me where you're going. You tell me to stuff my lunch. <laughs> Ed is played by Christopher Mintz Place. 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 I don't even know how to say his last name, but he was Big Lovin from Superbad. And I love that he always just kind of plays like a nerd. And then, of course, they had flashback videos or they were watching a video where he and Charlie were live action role playing. And I loved that Charlie's character was Squidman. those little videos were really great i kind of wanted to see more of them i bet there's some uncut footage out there of like them playing around and it would probably be fun to unearth so charlie you know he doesn't care what ed has to say because he has a quote hot girlfriend now i even think he says he has a hot girlfriend i think he did say that which was cringe yeah unfortunately Ed dies in a very extremely gruesome way in a pool, compliments of Jerry. And I was actually reading that apparently when Colin killed him, he got very into the kill and he like punctured the kid's neck. No way. With his fake fangs. (gasps) Oh my gosh, McLovin. Which makes me laugh. I just want to say it now, and I'm sure you're going to agree with me, but Jerry is a sexy slasher. Oh, totally. Totally. Of course, he's a sexy slasher. He makes me want to get fangs. (laughs) Is that weird? Like, I really want fangs now. And I, I know that there's like such thing I've seen online, like you can get these little caps for your teeth or something. I feel like you could probably just get like temporary ones and just scare like the neighborhood kids because I feel like you would find them to be like an inconvenience at times. Oh, yeah. I think that's what these are. They're like little caps like you can put on and then you can take them off. But yeah, definitely. I think (laughs) after some time you'd be like, all right. Yeah. Like I keep biting into my own tongue. like (laughs) Just like the pain. Yeah. Which is why I probably will never get a tattoo. Because I would never be able to decide what to get. The moment they'd start doing it, I'd be like, you know what? I changed my mind. (laughs) Never mind. I would say this is when I wasn't into Jerry was when he turned full vampire because he was scary. Yeah. When I guess when he would go through the full process. Mm -hmm. If he was just taking like a little nib, like a little (laughs) nibble, like... (laughs) Like, that was fine. But yeah, like, when he went into full-blown vampire, I didn't really care for that. Yeah. No, thank you. Go back to sexy next-door neighbor Jerry. Yeah. Once Ed doesn't show up for school, that leads Charlie to become quite suspicious and concerned himself about Jerry. So he starts spying on him. And he's just, he's hanging garlic and crosses, like, all over the house, telling his mom, like, don't go outside at night. How many hours you keep? It's like living with a vampire. Mom, 
That guy, Jerry, next door, under no circumstances is he invited into our house, all right? He's dangerous. I think I can handle myself. Mom, please, I'm serious. Don't, don't acknowledge him. Don't talk to him. And at night, please stay inside. Why, because he's dangerous? Look, I can't answer a million questions right now. Will you just trust me? Charlie, stop. I'm your mom, not some ridiculous woman. I'm sorry, I, I, I just, I can't do this right now. I can't answer a million things right now. I just, I don't understand. Charlie! The one part which was pretty funny and entertaining was when Jerry stopped over. He wanted to borrow a six-pack of beer. I loved this scene. Like, could you imagine a, an adult coming over to ask a teenager, can you, like, steal beer from your mom to give to me because I'm having a girl come over and I need a sixer? Anton played this part so well. Like, at this point, Charlie knows, obviously, Jerry is up to no good. The number one rule is to never invite a vampire in. So he's, like, super cautious. Like, no, no, no. Wait right there. I'll get it. And then he drops one of the beers, which isn't much of a loss because it was a Budweiser. He sends Jerry on his way with just a fiver. Yeah, the, the scene was pretty great. Charlie, inevitably, after that, ends up breaking into Jerry's home because he's concerned about the lady that he had over from, you know, his spying. He sees that Jerry's up to no good. But then he finds that Jerry's, like, storing people in his house and essentially, like, feasting on them. And I feel like we should have mentioned this earlier, but the whole movie is, well, it's set in the suburbs of Vegas, which is a place that I never want to live. Absolutely never. I would hate to live there. Yeah. Also, can we just say how bad of a spy Charlie is? Because he's always like looking out of his window and Jerry always like catches him. <laughs> I do like that though. <laughs> it makes me laugh thinking about it. Yeah. Jerry knows right away that the kid is spying on him. Yeah. And he honestly doesn't really care. Hey, guy. You've been watching me. I've been watching you. Your mom, but there's a kind of uh, neglect, gives off a scent. And your girl, she's ripe. It's on you to look out for them, because there are a lot of bad people out there, Charlie. No, he doesn't at all. He is, yeah, I see you up in that window. Yeah. Charlie decides he needs to get some help with this situation because he's like out of his league. So he decides to pretend to be a reporter from the Vegas Sun, and he pays a visit to a vampire expert, Peter Vincent. Mr. Vincent, hi, I'm, I'm from the Vegas Sun. We had an appointment today? I don't think so. Speak to my guy. No, no, we did. I'm, I'm doing that, that article, Vampire Separating Myths from Fact. So is this what, your first assignment or something? Yeah. Hmm. I'm gonna pop your cherry. Ginger, bring him upstairs. You got 10 minutes. Who is a magician of sorts. He works in Vegas, but he's played very ridiculously by David Tennant. And Charlie essentially wants to ask him how to kill a vampire. I loved David Tennant in this role. Like he played it so perfectly. What did you think of his outfit? It was a lot of leather, like a lot of leather. And a lot of, I think he had like a, was it a fake nose ring or a fake lip ring? I 
think like everything was fake. Every, well everything was fake because there was one part where he was wiping off a tattoo with like some of his favorite beverage of choice which is midori straight midori yeah. and for any horror nerds out there peter vincent is named after horror icons peter cushing and vincent price and I personally love Vincent Price, so I like that they did this little nod to that. I actually covered Vincent Price on my other podcast, Cinematic Crypt, a while back, so I learned a lot about him. But yeah, Peter Vincent does drink Midori, and he wears a lot of leather. I think he wore a wig, too. Yeah, everything everything, everything was fake. And I also loved his like live-in girlfriend or whomever she was she was so sassy with him like he was like get me a midori and she was like get it yourself and then like just walks away midori me midori yourself douchebag i just loved how he thought he was this like super important person and she was just like nah like i'm not (laughs) i'm not gonna yeah the drinking midori straight like i don't even i didn't know people do that me neither Because I thought it was more like a liqueur. Back in the temple days, I had a fake ID and we used to go to this one bar. I don't even remember what it was called, but it was like in the city. And I remember one of my friends, like friends from home, ordered a Midori Sour. And I was, I don't even know what that is, but it's like glowing green and I never want to drink that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's like a, isn't it like honey too? I think it's just, yeah, it's like a melon liqueur. Yeah, no thanks. He loved it though. He was like, <laughs> he was shoveling it in his mouth as fast as possible. And then he glowed green. And then he turned into a, no. <laughs> but I feel like he should have. Yeah. Well, I don't know if I would take advice from this Peter Vincent guy, but I did quite enjoy One of his methods that he shares with Charlie of how to kill Jerry is to feed him a garlicky omelet. I know your show's an illusion. Yeah, fair enough. But say I I wanted to kill a vampire. (laughs) Yeah, sorry, go on. How would I I go about doing that? You want to know how to kill a vampire? Seriously? Yeah, kill a vampire. Well, let's think. Um, well, you got fire. Beheading. Um, you can make him a big garlicky omelet. <laughs> All go traditional. Stake through the heart. Bam! <laughs> cool. So, so that stuff really works. Well, maybe not the omelet. Oh, and actually, that leads me to let's just talk about Jerry's eating for a moment, because Colin is constantly eating in this film. <laughs> Yeah, but a lot of the time he was, like, eating a sensible apple. Maybe he's, like, trying to balance out, like, all that iron pulsing through his body. And maybe as a vampire, they burn, like, a lot of calories. But there was also that one scene where he picked up an apple and then, like, was drinking a beer. And Jerry was sitting in the recliner watching The Real Housewives of New Jersey on Bravo, which just made me laugh. Oh, right. Yes, he was watching Housewives. Jerry's very strange <laughs> he, you know what he plays hard and he works hard <laughs> i just feel like he was always eating people and he just never seemed full i was imagining that like his crypt he probably have crypt cheetos 
everything was covered in like orange dust. I am kind of sad that like we never really got to see like where his crypt was, like where his coffin yeah. was. I, d I do kind of wish they would have showed that space. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you and Ben were so funny. You kept being like, he's eating again. <laughs> well, like you said, maybe he burns a lot of calories because his figure was very trim. Yeah, he was lean. He was very cut. But he did really like to dine. Yeah. Like he was constantly eating humans. Mm hmm. After Charlie goes to Peter for help, Peter's like, get out of here. I'm not helping you. Charlie ends up just going back home and poof, Jerry sets the house <laughs> on fire. What did you think of that? <laughs> I loved that Jerry didn't even ease into this chaos. He just like used his vamp strength went into the backyard pulled up the gas line and just like lit the house up and they all like took cover behind the couch but i don't think that would have protected them from this explosion yeah it, the whole scene is just completely bananas basically jerry wanted to get in the house and charlie's like no no way you're not coming in here tells the mom don't open the door and then like jerry just goes in the backyard and digs up the gas line. <laughs> it's and nuts. And then blows up the house. Like, <laughs> it is crazy. Then after that, like like you said, they, you know, they escape the house. And then essentially, like, Jerry just starts literally chasing them, running them down. I think he was using the mo a motorcycle. I don't recall what he was in. So there, it was like something was behind him and then they got stuck in the road and then that other car, that other car ran into them because there were no lights on. Yes. So now maybe it was a motor. Oh, wait. Yeah, it was. It was Charlie's scooter. Right, right, right. Yes. Yes. He used Charlie's moped. Yeah. Thing. But probably my favorite part of when Jerry does eventually catch up to them is when he gets staked by a Century 21 realtor sign. But it doesn't go through his heart, so he's kind of just, like, juking around in the road. And that's how they get away. Like, that's how Charlie, his mom, and Amy get away. But I do feel we should count that as gratuitous score because it's just ridiculous. I'll allow it. I think okay. it makes sense. I do laugh. I was laughing when he was, like, doing, like, that stumble dance around the road using the product placement of a Century 21 real estate sign. <laughs> Yeah, it was like somebody was like, you need to put this in the yeah. film. That was the way that they put it in, staking it through a vampire. <laughs> Here's a fun little fact. You mentioned the person. So there was somebody that ended up actually running into Charlie, his mom, and Amy because their car was just sitting in the middle of the road. What the hell do you think you're doing? Hey, no! Stay in the car! You stop in the middle of the road. You got a taillight out. I can't wait. <laughs> Hey. Please go. It'll be all right. Go. Take her and go. Amy, take her and go. Catch you later. I repel you with the power of Christ the Lord. Do you? Really? That's a mighty big cross you got there, Charlie. The question is, do you have faith? <laughs> 
actually the driver of the other vehicle is Chris Sarandon. And he was actually in the original Fright Night in 1985. And he played Jerry, the vampire. Oh, that is a really good fact. And I have to say, I really enjoy when you share these nuggets of wisdom (laughs) for me and the Slumberkins. Well, yeah, because and it's pretty cool because Chris is like the only one that's been in all of them. Oh, yeah. Is Chris Sarandon related to Susan Sarandon? Uh, That is a good question. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) One would think so, though, but we can look that up. Oh, my gosh. No, his first wife was Susan Sarandon. Oh, so that's where she got the name. Interesting that she kept his name. Yeah, I guess maybe that was what she was using when she was started making it big yeah i really do have to say your your nuggets of wisdom are wonderful yeah well i get into it you know i like to learn these things yeah and then i'll forget and then you'll and then it'll just poof out of your brain yeah because i'll have other things to to learn (laughs) so speaking of jerry i thought it was interesting apparently a former heartthrob of the show heath letcher was considered for his role, but unfortunately passed away. I don't think Heath would have been as good for some reason. I like Colin so much as a vampire. Yeah, I mean, I definitely enjoy Colin in this role a lot, but I I kind of would have liked to see Heath play like a crazed vampire as well. Yeah, well, now that you say that too, because he did play the Joker. Yeah, and he was wild. mm -hmm, Yeah, so it would have been somewhat interesting Yeah, I mean, Colin just, he's so great in this. And from here, the story, they end up back with David Tennant. And twist, we learn that Peter Vincent's parents were killed by vampires as well. And, oh yeah, Charlie's pal Ed, he makes return from the grave. And ta-da, he is now a vampire too. He ends up showing up. Because at this point, Colin's pretty pissed about being staked by the realtor (laughs) sign and he's like out to get them at this point yeah he's like unleashing his minions Mm -hmm. i didn't think it was the last we were going to see of ed just because of the way he died like in the pool and i think i forget exactly what jerry like said to him basically going to you know be alive or not alive but be a vampire yeah yeah he he said something along the lines about like sharing the gift Mm. Hmm. agreed that you know ed was going to come back at some point and yet yeah, he's just really angry though in general as a vampire yeah it was like he was almost angry more angry about his life of charlie unfriending him for the cool kids like it was like he was harboring some some anger from that <laughs> agreed but peter I mean, honestly, I'm sure you weren't surprised by this, but he ends up being like a huge scaredy cat, refuses to help Charlie and Amy. And instead, when all the chaos starts happening, he just hides out in his panic room with his Midori. (laughs) He does, though, give Charlie like this special wooden stake and tells him, oh, if you can somehow manage to put this through Jerry's heart, it will return all his victims back into their normal human self. Charlie and Amy try to escape using a bunch of Peter Vincent's medieval wacky weaponry. Unfortunately, Amy's captured by Jerry and 
they share quite the kiss. <laughs> he also bites her. Yeah. At this part, Charlie is like yelling at a bouncer to be like, get him off of her. It's like, no, they're just kissing. And that bouncer was so mad at him. And I hope he got fired because they pull away and like her mouth is all bloody. Yeah. Well, and then he was giving her his blood. It got very fetish. It did. <laughs> Weird. This ends up being one of your favorite scenes because from here, Charlie's, well, I'm just going to have to go to battle. And he puts together a full-blown like vampire killing outfit. I seriously loved his attire here. Like He went to an REI type store and got from head to toe an amazing outfit right down to like these ass kicking boots so i'm gonna just name it right now as a radical fashion yeah i definitely agree with that i also liked when he told the guy when he was like buying the stuff he's like i'm killing a vampire yes and that was I, was awesome. like, I was like yeah okay yeah he was like mm-hmm Luckily, Peter does decide, Peter Vincent decides to join Charlie to help exterminate Jerry, which ends up being quite the light show in terms of special effects. And yeah. For being like a movie that came out in 2011, the special effects were not great. But I did love all the fire because Charlie literally lit himself on fire and it was great. Yeah. That that scene is really crazy because, yeah, he was wearing like, I guess, like a fire suit. Yeah, he like lit himself up and then he pounced on Jerry and then they were just flailing around all over the place. And it was it was intense and entertaining. Yeah. All in all, like I really enjoyed this movie, even revisiting it. And I don't think we could have kicked off Hunky Horror better think that this you know was a great flick i'm so glad we watched it well are you ready to tally up the stars i'm ready to tally let's bust out our diaries and i got my brand new clicky pen thanks to you i love it too by the way it came in that box of treasures you gave me yes which was (laughs) sent media mail (laughs) dear diary fright night has earned a total of seven gold stars for three babe alerts sexy slasher gratuitous score wacky weaponry and radical fashions we are very excited to add this chilling picture to our show i feel like this is the most stars a film has earned yet like seven's huge yeah i was actually trying to remember if we had one that earned more and i i could not remember and then it made me realize like we should probably keep track of that (laughs) we're just excited when something gets to go on the shelf yeah and i'm so thrilled that we have a colin flick on the shelf and that it's horror because i was kind of bummed about phone booth i really thought that was a shoe-in i yeah i was luck i mean we do have phone booth and that piece of delivery which will be like the best piece of delivery probably of all time i was bummed about that but i'm glad that colin got placed and I kind of feel like all horror should be on the shelf because horror is just so slumber party worthy. 
It definitely is. And it actually just made me remember because my birthday's in October. So whenever I had a slumber party as a kid, which was a few times, there was always horror marathons. Oh, yeah. I agree with you. Horror is definitely part of a slumber party. I feel like I always wanted an October birthday. My sister has an October birthday and we'd always do fun birthday parties for her, like go to like haunted hayrides and stuff like that. There's a lot to do during October. I did want to mention before we sign off here to our listeners, if you do check out Fright Night, I highly recommend checking out some of the director's other movies, uh, Craig Gillespie, or is it, I don't know. I think it's Gillespie. Gillespie. I'm going to go back to Gillespie. (laughs) Whatever. I like it. Good. (laughs) He's directed some other movies that I really like. And I think you've seen some of these as well, Katie. Lars and the Real Girl and I, Tanya. Correct. And that also makes me realize that we need to have a Ryan Gosling episode as well as a Sebastian Stan episode. Definitely. Because they are hotties. I agree. <laughs> well, maybe we'll just do right on the off season of yeah. Honky Horror. We'll put them in, we'll do an episode on them. Yeah. I'm really excited about the series. And, you know, if we're not careful, this could turn into a horror pod. True. And I, I mean, I'm all about Honky Horror for life. I've already written it down in my notebook. <laughs> During the next couple months, we're going to take a break from opening trading cards for those that you know, typically listen to the show. That way we have more time for horror movie watching. So until the next show, Katie Kins, where can people find us on the internet? So if we're not on LinkedIn, just kidding. We're definitely not on LinkedIn. Um, We're on Twitter at DearBFFPod and we're on Instagram at BestFriendsForever.Pod. So please follow us on both because we love to interact with our followers. Yes. And you can also email us at dearbffpod at gmail.com and send us some postal mail to P.O. Box 20172, Philadelphia, PA, 19145, Attention, Movie John. And if you drop us a line, we will write back and even send you some goodies, compliments of our fan club president, Mr. Clank. And for our next episode, we will continue the thrills and chills when we revisit the 1984 horror classic, A Nightmare on Elm Street, featuring the infamous hunky horror fiend Robert Englund and total babe John Saxon. Total babe. I'm so looking forward to revisiting Nightmare on Elm Street because it has been a long time since I've watched it. Yeah, I can't wait to share with everybody how I was absolutely terrified of Freddy as a child. (laughs) He is pretty, I mean, he's pretty horrifying. Yeah, for me, it was more his uh, fingers. The knife nails. Yeah, I'll save that for the next show. But we do have a lot of fantastic things in store for spooky season. So make sure that you are following us so that you can keep up with all the Halloween heartthrobs. I think that's it for me. Uh, Katie, do you have anything else? Yeah, I I feel like, I mean, not really. Yeah, but I was like, I think (laughs) more, I'd like some more reviews. If y'all could just share one on Apple Podcasts with us. And also let us know what some of your favorite horror movies are so that Rosalie and I can watch because we love to do that. 
Yeah, I, I second that. We love to see your comments and reviews, so please send them in and we will read them on the air. Shout out to Movie John's Ashley Jane Davis for our radical She Spookified our theme music. It's so, so good. <laughs> I love it. And the Hollywood hunk, Hugo Marmuji, for our nifty logo. Best Friends is part of the Movie John Podcast Network, and we thank you for listening. Please enjoy a short advert from our unofficial official sponsor, a favorite cereal of Jerry's, Count Chocula. TTYL. Bye. Time to go down to the basement for some more hauntingly delicious Count Chocula cereal. Don't look in the basement. Those eyes are looking at me. Hmm, think I'll get some fruity frankenberry from the cupboard. Don't look in the cupboard. Oh, oh, those eyes, they move. Now the spooky, delicious part of your complete breakfast is even spookier. Now Chocula's eyes really move. So did frankenberries. He is looking at you, kids. <laughs>